you know, all the great leaders I've been involved with, they all have the, the, the one thing that probably sticks in, you know, in my mind the most, that stands out from them the most, is the example they set in and around the training ground. It's not, it's not being an extra voice or being the captain, I've got to speak up, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. This episode of GTE is brought to you by Pain Away, Australia's number one joint and muscle relief since 1999. Find out more at painaway.com. Okay, welcome. Welcome, team. I'm so happy today to have Matt Ryan in the New South Wales Rugby League offices. Matty, uh, first of all, to the listeners, if, if you haven't been following football in Australia, Matty Ryan has been playing for his country since the age of 20. He's played throughout Europe. He's won Player of the Year in his first his first uh, European team over there in Bruges. I come yeah. to watch you play in Bruges, actually. <laughs> um uh, you've, you've played in Valencia, you've played against some of the biggest names in sport like Messi and Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You've, you're now playing in, in England, in the English Premier League and, and some of the stuff you've been doing over there mate has just been inspiring people here. Uh, and I'm talking inspiring our own elite athletes. Mm-hmm. You've seen the reaction when you've turned up here, the state of origin, the boys love you. But obviously you're inspiring a lot of kids. What's the team, Brighton? Uh, how do I say the proper name? Brighton uh, and Hove Albion Football Club. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're a real fan favourite over there. I've been following from a distance, mm. but mate, I also remember when you came in with me for work experience back at the uh, Parramatta Eels. <laughs> big para fan. Yeah, big, big Eels fan, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those were the good days, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, well, Westfield Sports School you went to. I mean, that, um, that school's turned out world champions across all. All sports. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at what they've produced across all sporting codes, like you say. It's a great environment, I think, for yeah. any aspiring athlete to be a part of, to, I guess, get that introduction to the professional athlete lifestyle with obviously the, you know, the, the training regime that you can obviously have there and all the facilities that come with that also. You just mentioned a key word, environment. F- for me, it's almost, th- that is the secret, is the, I mean, I've been to all different sporting clubs around the world, all types, different sports, from track and field to the fight game to the football game. Mm-hmm. I've visited your clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the environment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned that about your school. So they were doing something right. And, and what happens, I, I notice at that school, is you just keep building each other up. Mm-hmm. Someone achieves something, then you want to achieve something, mm-hmm. and that, that whole environment... Yeah. They, they, they work well together, but yeah, like you say, environment is is key, and not just in you know an infrastructure way, but obviously the personnel that comes with that. You know, as you know in your experiences, you know the the personalities around you know the groups, the training groups, the dynamic that you know the coaching staff can obviously implement also, or you know the you know school teachers or coaches, or, you know when I went to Westfields or any club I've played for, the dynamic you know they can have. Uh, implemented in the group is, is is so key as well, and it's it's those types of environments that enable us athletes to to flourish and are a big part of um, I guess what they uh, produce in terms of uh, athlete talent at the end of the day. And people that care, I mean that that school obviously has coaches and teachers that care. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone you want to give a mention to from back then? You remember from the school? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the the main ones are, you know, Trevor Morgan himself, who was obviously running the program there. Uh, Paul Casey, who was helping him out. There was a couple of goalkeeper coaches in my time there, John Crawley, Jim Fraser, Brady Crane. 
Um, Pete Klamoski also, he was working as the wage coach at that time as well. That's right, he brought you into the He was the, the one Eagles. that brought me along, yeah. 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 And, and where is he now? He's Socceroos, is yeah, he? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he was working in Socceroos, but he's now with uh, Ian Postacoglu at Yokohama there okay. uh, in the, in the yeah. J-League. So, um, yeah, he was great at what he did as well, and he's taken a, a further step in, in that department and what he's doing as well. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean, those, obviously, they were the... The I guess most influential people um, during my time at school there uh, at Westfields and like I said that environment I had around me that um, that exposure to you know what it is going to sort of be like as a professional athlete with the you know the training regime and all those types of things and you know with those um, influential people uh, running you know the, the whole organisation there it was you know no doubt helping me um, become best equipped to, I guess, what my lifestyle or what my life was going to have in store for me. Yes, because from that, you mentioned some great goalkeeping coaches there, Jimmy Fraser, John Crawley, like there. I mean, I love Jimmy Fraser. He, uh, I've actually stolen some of his drills to help rugby league players, mm. believe it or not. Oh, I, really? lo- I love learning off other sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And very early on in my work in rugby league, I did go and spend a bit of time because... You, you guys, goalkeepers, are the most agile athletes on the planet with reaction speeds and, and you know, the, the type of skills that he worked with me. We developed a few little games that mm-hmm. suited rugby league. Also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, diving on a loose ball for us yeah. will win us a game. Yeah, I mean... Will win us a game. That example right there is the yeah. connection, you know, the resemblance between the two sports, huh? Yeah. And there's, there's many others as well, so... Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that you said you got a couple of ideas from him that you implemented into your own training. Uh, I always. That's yeah. my thing. Every year I try to travel the world yeah. somewhere uh-huh. and I try to learn off a different sport uh-huh. of some, some kind. So, mm. uh, mate, after school you went to Central Coast Mariners. Yep. And I love this. You, sat, you lived in a caravan <laughs> at Nora Head. Oh. I love this story. <laughs> if you're listening, watching... He lived in a caravan, made sacrifices, did anything he possibly could. Beautiful place, Nora Head, too. <laughs> I live near there. Yeah. Love it, love it. Um, and you went from living in a caravan. You had John Crawley was coaching up there, was yep. it? Was Graham Arnold as well? Uh, yep. Graham yeah. Arnold. Also, yep. Um, who created a real family environment. I used to, I would go and visit Graham Arnold occasionally and watch training. And mm-hmm. it was just a real family environment. You used to go from the training field over to that little hut yep. and have yep. lunch together that? every yep. day. Humble beginnings. Humble yeah. beginnings. Uh-huh. Now you're a squillionaire. <laughs> earning, I don't even want to talk dollars because I can't even imagine what he's earning now. But he was living in a caravan and he made sacrifices. Who was your teammate you were living with? Uh, Bernie Beanie. Yeah, uh, and he played over in uh, the same club. Yeah, in Belgium, he went didn't to Bruges and unfortunately Bruges. broke his leg and couldn't, yeah, sort of get back uh, to yeah fitness level, which enabled him to play. But uh, he's still playing, playing now. But it was just a very long rehab process for him and. Yeah, eventually got there at the end of the day with a few hiccups, but uh, yeah, he's still, you know, playing till this day. He's uh, now operating in Korea. So, Is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I love um, you've always. Well, you mentioned the word humble beginnings. You've always followed and and thrown out respect to the Mariners. You know, I've always noticed that. Follow mm-hmm. even if we haven't. You know, I, I've felt it when we've ever been together. But I, I've I see it. I follow you from a distance, and mm-hmm. I see you're always very respectful where you come from. Mm-hmm. They must be proud up there, the Central Coast Mariners. Yeah, um, like I said, you know, I've got so many great 
influential people around me who's been supporting me from day one and you know it's never going to be a possibility that I'll forget where I come from from the upbringing I had and if there's any signs of that they're going to be knocking me straight back into place but uh, I'm very thankful for the upbringing I had and you know those influential people that um, yeah, helped enlighten me into what life is all about yeah. basically and yeah, the Mariners was uh, another example of that. I was very fortunate enough to have, you know, again, more influential people up there in John Crawley, who I'd uh, known, you know, previously to going up there, but I'd never met Arnie before, and I was actually, because uh, I had signed under uh, Laurie uh, yeah. for the following season, so Arnie actually wasn't, you know, the manager who had signed me, and I remember thinking, you know, once he had, you know, agreed to come on board. Or I just remember thinking already, what what does that mean for me? You know, is he even going to like me? Or because yeah, I was never one that made any of the state teams or the, you know, the, you know, the the Joeys or anything like that. The young Australian teams. I was just sort of the kid that missed out on all that and saw, you know, was seen as not good enough. And you know, in at that age, you know, the guys that come through the systems of the state teams and making the young Joeys and all that, are the, the ones that are sought after. Right. So obviously, JC uh, Mariners had signed me, I think, on the back of John Crawley's, you know, recommendation, and you know, another person that was very influential for me, and you know, thankfully, Ani, um, yeah, stuck by me Gave and had start. some faith and and put me in there and. Well, you know, two, a couple of great people there. Laurie McKenna is yeah. a fantastic. He's, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's a great man. He's been on the podcast. No, has he been? Yeah, you got to listen to it. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. So, talk about humble beginnings. Yeah. He told me a story where he, he was, fif- I think he was fifteen years old, and his dad was a a, a poacher, like, mm-hmm. and they went killing rabbits to feed the family. And Laurie remembered having to jump out of the car, jump the fence. Dad shoots, reaches across. <laughs> Laurie's in the passenger seat, reaches across, kills the animals, runs oh, over, well. and takes that home to feed the family. So talk about humble beginnings. That guy went from that to he's done everything. He's yeah, been a head coach, he's been coach, a mayor, yeah. he's been a CEO. Yeah. Like he's coaching internationally as well. What a Asia great man! Well. Yeah, yeah, what a great man. And Graham Arnold, what are his characteristics? Like, there's a lot of coaches listen to this show, mm-hmm. and Graham Arnold is there's something I love about him. His players seem to. He's almost Wayne Bennett-like mm. in the rugby league mm-hmm. world, where his players love yeah. him. They want to play for him. Yeah, oh, it's a great comparison with obviously Wayne Bennett. There, um, I mean, I don't know what to talk about first. Uh, you know, he, he's a great tactician of the game. Uh, you know, in, in my experience with him up there, uh, the success we've had, and even me continuing to follow his managerial career post my time with him. You know, the success he's had has been. You know, right up there with you know the top coaches in the game, and you know I think deservedly so finds himself obviously in the, the national job at the minute, and you know really excited about you know the present and future there with the national team as well and what we're going to achieve, and you know above all that, um, you know he's, he's a great bloke as well, you know someone that you can um, you know easily approach, always willing to listen and help in any way you can, uh, always giving you you know confidence, praising you. Um, giving you little hints or tips and, and how to, um, you know, improve your game and ultimately improve the quality of your life. And that's the, the type of bloke he is. And it was an absolute pleasure to, you know, have had that um, time with him at the Mariners. And um, 
was uh, yeah really really happy and excited when I heard that he was obviously going to be taking over the national, the national team, team and going back to, to work with him. So, so speaking of the national team, so you've you've played in two World Cups and you've won an Asian Cup. Um, what can you see in the, your future? Like, I mean, because goalkeepers, you're 27 now. Goalkeepers can go for a long time, right? Yeah, uh, that's that's the plan. I mean, one of the probably the, the biggest thing I've learned in the game. Um, well, one thing that's always served me well is my, I guess, my being being attentive. And um, any time I've been in, you know, a soccer risk camp when I was younger, or been in a situation where there's been experienced players around me who have achieved, who have achieved, you know, the absolute pinnacle, you know, top at, at the game. Uh, I've always learnt that, you know, the ones that, you know, go that extra length, the extra dedication, extra sacrifice, doing all the one percenters, extra gym work. You know, extras after training, you know, eating right, sleeping right, drinking, the, you know, the right amount of water. It, it's no, you know, coincidence that they're the ones that go on and have the the most illustrious careers as, as athletes. And you know, I've tried to implement that into myself, and no doubt um, that's helped me to get where I am now. And um, you know, the likes of those guys, um, it's. You know, it, it, it's it's helped serve me to yeah get to where I am. And you know, you were touching on um, where where you going with the question because I lost a bit of no no uh, sidetracked it. Yeah no, well it was gold what you were just coming out with. Yeah. But I was actually you you've the attention to details got you to hear those one yeah. percenters. But yeah. I was kind of going that you have the if you keep that up you have oh, the yeah, ability that's what to go to yeah, like, that's what you're going into sorry yeah. in terms of yeah now I'm trying to look after myself in every possible way you know looking at Schwarzer Timmy Cahill Harry yeah. Kuehl those guys that had such you know illustrious careers at the top and achieved what they did and you know the prolonging of their careers through their behavioural ways on a day to day basis that's what I've tried to implement since uh, you know those lessons yeah. that I, I was taught from them and like I say, I mean, I'm you know, touch wood, anything can happen at the end of the day. But I want to be going for as long as I can, you know. As long What's as the record? My, my How many World Cups? Who's got the record? I think Timmy has it with four World four. Cups, you know. So Timmy, if you're listening, <laughs> it's gonna go. <laughs> it's right, a I love long what, way away. I love but, what you uh, said there yeah. about being attentive. Because if I if I give anyone advice, I always say talk to anyone old. Mm-hmm. Coaches talk to old coaches. Mm-hmm. Teachers talk to old teachers. Cameraman talk to old people in the business because mm-hmm. they have a bit of wisdom they can share stuff mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. So you just said it. Like you've been very attentive when you've gone in as a young kid. You're going in learning from these older guys. And you've had some great mentors. So I'd love to hear what the characteristics you see. And I remember Milos Tajovsky was a mentor to you. A great, one, he's yeah. a great man who was part of that 06 World Cup. Mm-hmm. For Australia, that really put the Australian team on the map mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. He he was a real mentor to you. What are the characteristics of someone like him? It's funny that, like I said, all those top athletes—they're all down-to-earth, humble people as well. Um, just the way they carry themselves uh, as individuals, not only you know as footballers, but away from the pitch as well. You know, they all seem to have the same uh, characteristics hammered into them, uh, being respectful, treating people how you want to be treated, giving the time of day to, you know, each and everybody, you know, they're around and um, and then, yeah, within that, you know, you see 
their approach uh, to the to their craft, to their sport. You see those um, characteristics come out in their approach to that. You know, professional, getting you know their, their trainings done, being on time, being well, how they are off the field is how they are on it. Those those guys you mentioned the word respect. That was Milo Stojowski all over, yeah. and and he would fit into a Brad Fittler camp. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, would. That's what his Freddie's camps are all about. Yeah. Respecting the game, yep. respecting the fans, respecting yep. the media, respecting, you know, I, I, I've, it comes I've out. seen that, you know, firsthand this morning, you know, the way he's yeah. dealing with the media now as well, allowing them full access to all the players as opposed to, I guess, um, you know, just giving him one player a day or, yeah, yeah, you know, what yeah. I've heard or seen. He saw that, in, yeah. in, in, Well, in my football, that's what we tend to do the majority of the time also, you know, yeah. just giving one player a week, but... You know, you, they were touching on allowing, you know, the media to come in. You know, they really appreciate that. Obviously, get, you know, uh, stories released in the media in a, in a positive, positive you know, manner. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's only obviously going to uh, complement the yeah. team and their performance because, you know, you're not going to be have a, you know, whole nation with, with the media, you know, slating them, saying they can't get access <laughs> to anyone. And, you know, you, they do a nice d- gesture like that and it's enough... T- you know, for all the journalists and, and the media teams to be releasing positive stories and, you know, that sense of positivity around the ground, you yeah. know, that, that, that's what you search for. Well, you can take that back to your club, mate, just yeah. so you pinched it from I'll have to, New yeah. South Wales. I'll have to, yeah, let them know where it came from. <laughs> so uh, I love what you said there. Out of any message here to any kid, be attentive. And then you mentioned in Millay, respect we mm. talked to Milo Sajoski, respect mm. your game, respect the sport. So I think, I think you know? like you said, that being attentive, any lesson you can learn through someone else is a yeah. lesson that you don't have to learn through your own experience, and that can give you that acceleration, you know, in your career to, um, yeah, like I said, getting to, you know, you may only be 22, but if you're attentive in learning the experiences from a guy that's 30 and 35, all of a sudden your mentality is perhaps at an experience level of 30 and you're only yeah. 22, so... Who's the best leader? The best leader you've ever worked with? Um, yeah, there's been there's been a few. Um, I mean, Mila Yelenak probably goes under the radar in that aspect really? a little bit. Um, I think you know all, all the portraits in, in his era in the national team probably go to the likes of Timmy and, and that. And yeah, they've yeah, all been yeah. great leaders and. You know, all the great leaders I've been involved with, they all have the, the, the one thing that probably sticks in, you know, in my mind the most, uh, that stands out from them the most, is the example they set in and around the training ground. It's not it's not being an extra voice or being the captain, I've got to speak up, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. It's just their approach to the yeah. craft. And like yeah, I said, that's yeah. probably me being attentive, but that's just watching them, yeah, yeah, yeah. from yeah, my observational point of view, they're just, you know, the complete professionals, you know, on time to everything, um, doing their their work, you know, yeah. when when asked to, having the time of day for you know whoever's asking after them, and um, ultimately doing the business on on the pitch in a composed manner and yeah yeah, um, yeah. you know setting an example for the rest of us and and Mila Yelenak in that aspect you know in big crunch moments, you know those penalty spot kicks in World Cup finals in in qualifications. Even what he's done for you know his his club Crystal Palace, he was the captain there, and led them yeah, up to right. the Premier League. He has gone under the radar. Uh, it, we need to has, get him on. Like Yednak, if you're watching, he's not someone that gets yeah <laughs> a lot of uh, I guess recognition for yeah, for yeah. the career that Central he's had. Central Coast Mariner as yeah. well. But if you go through some big moments that he's been involved in, you know he's produced more and more often, and 
it's always, I think, on the pitch is the biggest leadership quality. You know, the, the, the biggest leaders for me, regardless of the situation, they always find a way to get things done, you know, on that consistent basis. And for me, he's, he's a massive he's example a of that. So. Here's a name drop for you from me, but it's not big to you because you've actually played against him. But I visited Juventus the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I spent a week at a time. And this year was the year Ronaldo's there. Mm-hmm. And Ronaldo walks in the room. I was sitting just like this. He walks in. Hey! And he's all happy. And oh, he loves Australia. And he's got family in Perth. And very approachable guy, you know? When you talk about all the greats, they're still very humble people. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't expect that from Ronaldo because you can imagine his life. And yes. out the front of the training mm-hmm. ground, there's hundreds mm-hmm. of fans queuing. Mm-hmm. Police were stopping. Mm-hmm. Little bit, you know, like, mm-hmm. this is just for training. Yeah. But and then I'm in the gym and like when he walks in the gym, the energy in the place, he just sets the standard straight yes. away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you only have to see his body. You can tell he loves the gym. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but he just sets the standard. So I asked one of the trainers, I said, well, what's Ronaldo brought you besides hundreds of millions in merchandise sale? What's M- Ronaldo brought? And he said, well, usually in a team, there's a, there's a bottom crew, right? Uh-huh. And they will like to follow someone up uh-huh. the top they usually but if that someone up the top sets poor examples or is a uh-huh. bit slack uh-huh. that those bottom guys will get gravitated that way uh-huh. he said ronaldo's come in and an hour before training everyone's now in the gym because yeah, he's in the gym he said. he said they used to be in the change room and you know in, in italy they're probably you know yeah, like cigars yeah cigars, but um they used to just be little bit relaxed. Now, Ronaldo's in the gym, they're in the gym. I watch training, he still practices the most. So he's the best player in the world, well, one of the best players in the world. Would you call him the best player in the world? Man, I'm not, I don't sort of buy into the debate on who's better than who. I just oh, appreciate that they're both they're great players. Well, we don't know, have to so go there. <laughs> but I think he's the best player in the world. Anyway, I've come back and told some, some of these league guys, like he's the best player in the world, but he still practices the most. And he's old now, and he still practices the most, and he's still in the gym the most. You know, like, so that quality for me was really good for me to see that. I mean, obviously, we all watch Ronaldo from afar, but seeing he's, the way he's led that team and lifted everyone mm. around him, mm. and there's just an energy. The mm. energy was contagious mm-hmm. when he hopped in the gym, mm-hmm. you know. So That's an example of, you know, being attentive with the young guys, you know. If he's still doing that at that age, it must mean that it obviously pays dividend, you know. Yeah. So Now, I've just dropped that name, mm. Ronaldo, just mm. thought I'd throw it out there yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> but you've played against him, and you played against Messi. Mm-hmm. You played... Talk to us. A kid from Western Sydney, grew up with a bit of this, bit of tennis, I think you yeah, played too. Well, yeah. you, you played a bit of tennis, you played, you loved footy, you were mm. in the 2001 grand final, you were in tears in the crowd mm. as a 12-year-old yeah. watching Parramatta Eels, I was working for him yeah, at the time, yeah. lose to Newcastle, Andrew Johns just reminded it yeah, of us, thanks yeah. very much Joey. <laughs> um, but you, uh, you grew up loving footy, bit of this, bit of that, and then you're playing against these guys like did you ever kind of pinch yourself or <laughs> still on a daily basis you know? yeah coming back here hanging out with mates and all that and they're like oh, infield and you know there's moments of reflection that you get um i mean like life like, like on a day-to-day basis i'm not at, say at the training ground the whole day 
but it's, it's so hectic that there's always more games, more trainings. You, you don't really get that moment to reflect. And yeah, right. now I'm on holidays a little bit and you get back together with mates and they're asking how things are all going and they're like, oh, yeah, you played there, played there. It's, it's, it's still surreal. I, yeah. I remember growing up as a kid um, in awe of European football. You know, I'm never going to be good enough to get there. You know, like Obviously, I'm doing my best, but... You know, man, that's that's Europe, man. That's that's Arsenal. That's this and yeah. all these types of things. So I still have to, yeah, pinch myself and and. Well, uh, I dropped your name, by the way. So I'm at Juventus, and they don't know what rugby league is, really. <laughs> so, but I do. I present some stuff with their yeah. staff, and we share ideas and uh -huh. do all that, and and that was all good. But just to make them think that I know a bit about, yeah, this, um, yeah Matty Ryan, mate of mine, you know. <laughs> I'm not and sure if they would have known who uh, I was, no, but they did. anyway. They oh, did. yeah? They did. Oh, well, maybe uh, and the phone will ring one day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll get, get a phone call. Um, yeah, mate, I, I've I've loved, I could talk to you all day, mate. You could, you could inspire so many people across so many areas. I would like to finish on just one thing, because it's very important for us and something we value here in the camp you've just watched. In your position, and this, this relates to any business, any sport, anyway, communication. Like, you, you are the key. If, you're not, if, you, if you guys aren't communicating, talk to us. Mm. Like, like I, I've introduced you to some players to say, this guy is the coolest under pressure, calm under pressure. Mm. It's something we have to be. But communication and talk in our game mm -hmm. is so important in any business, mm -hmm. in any family, in mm -hmm. any relationship. Uh -huh. If I ever get in trouble at home, the only reason because I haven't communicated, right? Yeah, Simple. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's, it's, if my wife's ever got the shit to me, yeah. it's because I haven't told her something. Huh? Talk to me about it in football. It was funny because I was just having this conversation with someone downstairs. I can't remember if it was like Danny Badiris or Joey himself, I can't remember. But I was watching you boys do that session close to the, the gym here. And um, the one where it was, I think, three attackers. You had one defender that had to, you were blowing the whistle, yeah, had to yeah. track back. And then obviously the fullback was starting back there. Yes. It was just interesting to hear the communication between the two guys defending when they were coming back. You know the fullback obviously giving information of which running to go with and all that type of thing, and it it reminded me of myself because John Crawley he, he was the one who um, yeah uh, I guess was so big on implementing that in not only my mind growing up as a goalkeeper but all his goalkeepers communication was a massive importance one because it was a good trick. You know, the, the, there's a conception that the goalkeepers switch off, the ball never comes up, you know, they're sitting on the ground, that type of thing. But communication for him was a, was a very good trick for a goalkeeper to stay focused in the game. In the moment, Even if they're up the other end of the field, they maybe don't hear, you know, crowds or whatever, or la la, at least you're still, you know, entrenched in the game and you're not, you know, thinking about what you're going to have for breakfast tomorrow or, or whatnot. So that, that's one little... Um, important um, fact about it, but probably the most important thing is, you know, you're the eyes back there, and you know, John Crawley was always very big on the point that if you can prevent, uh, you know, in my industry, a goal scoring opportunity from happening by giving a piece of information to someone in front of you, and you can see it all back there, it's it's just as good as making a last ditch save is. at the end because you, you, you don't have to make the save exactly because you prevented exactly. it by communicating. So I sort yeah. of base my style as a goalkeeper off that. I'd, I'd much rather you know try be vocal there at the back and you know prevent a situation like that from occurring rather than having to make that last ditch save where maybe I'm going to be a hero or yeah, you know, or yeah, they're yeah. going to score or whatnot. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you know if we can prevent that there from you know happening. 
you know, we're going to then come out the game at the end of the day, hopefully having obviously scored yeah. a couple of goals and come out triumphant. So I know how important it is in my industry, and I got a little taste of it today, obviously, in the Origin boys here watching them this morning. Oh, mate, it's everything. It, like, like you touched on, I, I can't, you know, echo enough that, that yeah. point of the importance of communication. That's awesome. And then there's, there's obviously something about you study that you've got to know what to say. I find it funny sometimes you watch junior football and you hear someone yell out, talk, you got to talk, mm. you know, like, mm. yeah. My yeah. boy had a game at goalkeeper the other day. Oh, uh, did he? And he's I 10, you know, it's like, I hear someone, you got to talk, and, but actually doesn't know what to say. Yeah. So you're almost like, yeah. someone needs to teach him. Yeah, educate him. Educate exactly. him yeah. what to say. What to say in and certain then, moments, yeah. Because yeah, you always hear, talk more, talk mm. more, come on, talk more. Mm. It needs to be specific and direct and yeah no there's a different yeah, uh, yeah inside of that there's yeah. a difference in the quality of communication you're giving for right? sure yeah instead of just saying come on come on boys come on, you know you can be saying yeah you know run a left shoulder left shoulder right shoulder yeah. you know yeah. uh, man on man on turn you know these types of things that obviously information that's going to help the player that's you know yeah. on the ball or you know in a situation to yeah, hopefully prevent the ball in a defensive manner coming you know, to the goalkeeper. So yeah, that's a massive importance, mate. Thanks so much. We're, we'll cut. We'll give it a wrap. I'll tell you why. Because usually people just listen while they drive, and that's probably the length. But I uh-huh. could talk to you all day, yeah. mate. And I'm telling you, where people get following you, I mean, you're pretty active and very good with the fans on your social media and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, where do they follow you at? Uh, Matty Ryan. At Matty Ryan. Uh, it's Matty one Ryan. T. Yeah, one, one T. T. Yeah. M-A-T-Y, B- yeah. Ryan. Mum gave me one T. So. Yeah, nice. Oh, we didn't even go there talking about your mum. What yeah. a beautiful lady. She's been uh, your yeah. biggest supporter, right, from... Yeah, well, when I talk about influences, obviously, yeah. she's probably... She, well, not probably, she's the number one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, incredible story, you know, behind her and to help me to get to where I am, but... Uh, that's yeah, another podcast. Yeah, yeah, for another day. So. Oh, man. Well, yeah. if anyone's listening, you want to Google, there's been some great stories with you yeah. and your mum. And I had that great dinner with her when we I come over and we, we, um, did, didn't we, yeah. we cookies, met up cookies in... Cookies restaurant, brew. wasn't yeah, it? You yeah, yeah, good food. Yeah. Uh, excellent, mate. Thanks so much. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks hey. so much, mate. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.